Thank you. Good morning, family. Um, I just say I, I came. Pastor Santos said I'm going to uh, Cali for a week, and I said, "Man, I wish I can go because the weather's nice." Um, but he went, and I was praying for him the whole time because I know music is your heart, and and I just see the joy you get from it. So I was glad to hear you had that experience. And so he said, "Would you cover for me?" I said, "Sure, uh, no problem, no problem." Uh, and so I got one word and one question to sh- uh, share with you this morning. Uh, real simple, nothing really deep and profound. I just, but I think it's a word of encouragement that we all need to to remember from time to time. So if you have your Bibles, First Timothy chapter one, First Timothy chapter one. And recently, uh, the Holy Spirit's been really dealing with me about looking at First and Second Timothy and. Uh, legacy and passing on what God has given us and leaving an imprint. So I'd like to share a few things um, from my personal time. I believe God can encourage you as well. Let's pick it up at verse 3. and it's I'll read from the English Standard Version because it's a certain word translation that to use. I like to use and sink in on today. But 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3. As I urged you when I was going to Macedonia, remain in Ephesus so that you may charge certain persons not to teach any different doctrine, nor to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies which promote speculations rather than stewardship from God that is by faith. Verse 5, the aim of our charge is love that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Verse 6, certain persons by swerving from these have wandered away into vain discussions. Can we, if we're reading a highlight or if you're taking notes, the word swerve. Everybody just write S-W-E-R-V-E, swerve. It says certain persons by swerving from these, and other translations say wandered or departed or left, and wandered into vain discussions, desire to be teachers of the law without understanding either what they are saying or the things about which they make confident assertions. The word that I bring to you today is swerve. My question is, what are you swerving from? What are you swerving from? So let's pray. God, I want to just thank you. I know we just prayed, but I just want to say, God, I bless you for your people. I bless you for the hearts that they have for the city. I thank you for the doors that you're opening that no man can close. And I thank you for closing doors that no man can open. I pray that you'll continue to guide their footsteps as they move forward in what you have for them. I pray that they would hear what you have to say concerning them this day, that they would stay hold steadfast to the pen and the place that you have for them that they would not swerve away from your call they would not swerve away from your assignment but they will remain on the mark pressing forward for what you have for them we bless you for this time in jesus name amen, amen. all right I'm trying to swerve 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 um anybody you know, those that are drive and those that aren't driving you've been in a car where you know those pesky little rats or squirrels as we call them like to jump out in the in the road and we're just driving along, and we, huh? Of course, squirrels, but sometimes they, they're not so nice creatures. And they jump out, they, their tail stands up, and you jerk the wheel to try not to be a murderer because the Lord said, thou shalt not murder. So the squirrels jump out, we swerve. And sometimes it works out for the squirrel and for us. We keep on going. The squirrel lives to see another day. But many times their accidents have happened because people have tried to swerve and miss a small creature but end up wrecking their car and crashing into other places and getting off course. Um, the word swerve means to change or cause to change direction abruptly, which means real quickly. If you're a squirrel and I'm driving 
and you're you know you see a nut across the street and you want to go get that nut but you don't care about my two-ton car that's coming your way you recklessly forget about your life and jump in harm's way and me being the good christian that i am i don't want to hurt you so i swerve but what happens is you get scared and run back and i was supposed to get to two seats behind you but when i swerved i missed my mark and you know what? There's no guarantee that I can get control and get back. And many times that's what we do in life. We go in through life and situations pop up and we swerve to miss what we think is going to take us out. But it takes us off course where we're supposed to be. I know what I drive and, and I can't stand those squirrels. But sometimes in my heart, when I'm not such a good Christian, I say, I should have ran you over. That'll teach you a lesson. Next time you won't jump out in front of my car. And I had to uh, tell a funny story. My uncle, we were in Baltimore, and I remember we're driving. Well, he's driving. I'm in the back with my cousins. And it's about 15 birds in the middle of the street. And he did not swerve. He accelerated. Steadfast, straightforward. And all the birds flutter. And then we hear a bloop. And he looks in the review. He says, I got one. And I said, look at my uncle like he's crazy. But he didn't worry about swerving that day. He, he went to press to the mark he said i'm going to get home i don't care about these animals they will get out my way one didn't but the rest did so they lived to tell another day and say if you see that man coming in his van or his camry get out his way because he won't be swerving he's going to be going straight forward and so that's this situation with cars but i think about swerving in so many different ways when i was thinking about this how many people have people we like to avoid be honest I, I, you know Sometimes, and I, I was thinking about this analogy, and I'm, you can picture me, but I'm not necessarily doing this on a regular basis, but I'm at the walk, I'm shopping, and I, you know, people are coming back and forth, and I'm walking, and I look up, and I see somebody that just really gets on my nerves, and I said, oh, God, not today, I, I just don't have the patience to deal with them today, so as they're approaching, and they don't see me yet, without looking to the store, I just bang a right and go into the store, I swerve and get off their way, because I don't want to interact with them. And then I'm, I'm looking out the window, waiting for them to pass, and someone says, excuse me, sir, uh, how can we help you? And I'm looking around like, where am I? I've swerved. And he said, welcome to uh, Bath and Body Works. And I'm like, oh, I'm a guy. I, I don't use your lotion. Uh, maybe uh, wallflowers in the back. You know, I like to make my, room, my house smell good. And I get off course because I was supposed to be going to job at American Eagle where I work part-time. I only had 10 minutes of break, and I swerved off trying to avoid somebody. And now I'm in the back shopping for something I really don't need just to avoid a situation and inevitably make myself late for work. My swerve has taken me off course. My swerve has now presented me problems in my future. I look at swerving instant messaging and social media uh, we all have facebook or that's how i met jamie again and i can think what if i swerved and ignored jamie's request think about that jamie just messaged me out the blue and i you know we get messages all the time you get friend requests all the time and so many times we ignore them be honest i'm just not following you today uh, I don't need to respond to that message or your wife she sent us four emails five six emails and it's like we could have swerved and ignored them all, but sometimes we got to open them. But I remember back, it was in 2010, 2009, Jamie sends me a message, and I'm like, I open it up, and I have a choice to swerve and ignore this person from Pilgrim that I ain't talked to in, in 15 years or open the door of opportunity and stay the course. 
And because I didn't swerve on Facebook, me and Santo became good friends and a relationship was built and we got to do great work for God. I think about Instagram. I, I like to post Instagram, but uh, people want to follow and they give you a little check. Check if you want to okay them. X if you want to deny them. X if you want to swerve. You check everybody. Are you Instagramming now? My name is J-R-R-A-M-Z-82. You can friend request me, and I'll see if I swerve or <laughs> check you. But the thing is, we, we want followers, 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 but sometimes we are, she's saying, no, thank God. We're swerving, saying, no, I want you to get out my line of being a Christian to follow this person, or, you know, let me, I need to stay this course, and in order to do this, I got to sway away from other people. I got a lot of people on, and I tell them I'll follow them until they start posting crazy stuff. I said, then I'm going to have to defriend you, defollow you, because your actions might cause me to swerve from the mark that God has for me. And so looking at what Paul was telling Timothy, he said, you know what? In life, things happen. Situations come up. People arise. Hardships come. Times change. But through it all, people have been swerving and wandering from their faith. And you know what? I would like to venture out to say that, you know, I look around the city and we see a lot of good things happening and see some things that are swerving. And I could venture to say they did not mean to start like that in the very beginning. Probably had very pure hearts, very good intentions. But somewhere along the path, they swerved and missed the mark. I remember a long time ago, I saw the perfect distance from one point to another is a straight line and the fastest way to get there is to go straight and i remember that as someone was preaching he said that the enemy desires us to miss our mark he doesn't just try to push us off it just wants to tilt us just a little bit tilt us just a little bit so that if you keep on walking and you're tilted just a little bit you don't make your mark yes sir But we'll get to doing anything you want because that may not work. <laughs> that may not work. But the, the point, and we're going straight. And and I said, well, you know what? If he can get us to swerve and then just instead of going straight, swerve and step off one beat and swerve and step another beat. Over time, we will never reach the mark that God had for us. And what happens is we're not aware of that because it's so subtle. A swerve here. I did it to stay the course, God. I did it to avoid that person so that I could stay. But maybe God wants you to show love instead of avoidance. And when you swerved and missed, now you've started this alternate path that may lead us to a place that God never really wanted us to. All because we thought we were doing something good in the beginning. How can I back this up? Let's go right back to the word. So I'm going to stop my talking. I'm going to let Paul talk. And I'm going to let the word of God speak the truth. So now we can get to what helps us. Stay the course so that we don't swerve. Verse 5, it says, the goal of this command is love. Everybody say love. love. The whole Christian faith, the whole thing that we do, why we live, the whole purpose is love. The song was saying to do justice, to love mercy. We can only do that when we're motivated by God's love. And you know what? I look back and our, our master said in, in Matthew 22, he said, I give you two commandments. Love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And two, love your neighbor as yourself. He said, and then John 13, 34, he said, I give you a new commandment. He said, love each other as I love 
you. And then followed up in verse 35 and said that your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. He was putting out a blueprint that says everything in life must be about love. Motivate from God's love. Why you interact with people is because of God's motivation of love. The way you serve, like you said, being a pastor every day, the motivation must be God's love. Why? He loved you first, like you clearly explained. And that because he loved you so much, you in turn are a beacon of hope and love for someone else. And what happens is, this is the focus. This is the central focus of our life, and we tend to swerve away from it from time to time. Because we're human nature. Because we're humans. But Paul points out three things that if we can consistently stay the mark on these things instead of swerving from these things, we will not wander, depart from the faith, but we will finish our race. We will hit the mark that God has pressed for us. So number one, it says the goal is to command is love, which comes from a pure heart. Number one, a pure heart. Psalms 51, we read it when we confessed our sins. And David said, created me a pure heart, O God. And renewing me a right spirit, a contrite heart. He said, God, I am a dirty man. I'm imperfect. I am no good without you. You create in me the clean heart. That's the cry of salvation. That's the cry of submitting to God because, God, without you, I can't do it. That says a pure heart, that comes from God. Number one, to not swerve in the life of love, we first must admit that we need God every day. Not just one time, every day. God, my heart was dirty. God, I messed up. God, I need you to purify me again. And I'm glad you said that. I was like, he's saying just what my first point is, every day. We've got to acknowledge, God, I need you. You died for me so long ago, but you know what? Yesterday I messed up. This morning I messed up. Five minutes ago I messed up. God, I need you to create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit. And if we can consistently say, God, I need a pure heart. God, I need a pure heart. God, I want your heart. We will continue to stay the course that he has for us. Every time we sin, God, uh, follow my heart. It's a swerve from God's path. Every time we go off of our desire, it's a swerve from God's path. And every time we can say, God, forgive me, creating me a pure heart, we get to swerve back to his path. First, the second point says that creating me a pure heart, it says, and a good conscience. Now, you do something wrong in your mom's house, you feel bad? I hope you do. You do something wrong in school, you feel bad? Or you say, forget you, teacher. I ain't got no worries about you. You feel bad? No? You don't know? Oh, we're going to pray. If you do something wrong in the streets and the cops drive by, you feel bad? Not saying you did something wrong. I'm just asking you a question, do you? She's nervous. <laughs> you do something wrong in the neighborhood and someone finds out. You scared, a little nervous? Oh, so if they go over and tell your parents you don't care? Oh, you bad, you bad. But most of us, have a conscience that says, you know what? When I mess up, I don't feel so good. You know, I lied to someone. I don't feel so good. I steal from the store. I don't feel so good. You know, for me, and it's just personally me, if I don't spend time with God, I don't feel so good. You know, it's, it's something we call a conscience in the natural realm. In the spiritual, we call it the Holy Spirit. It's pricking our hearts and saying, you know what? You need to be doing these things. And when I was a child, you know, I, I knew I was supposed to be living a certain way. But if I ever swerved and missed a mark, I didn't feel so good. 
what that points to a good conscience is a godly lifestyle so many times we get saved and that's great but we forget we have to work on a godly lifestyle because if we went through life being obedient to god's commands to the best of our abilities because we know we're not he knows we're not perfect and we continue to press for the mark that god has for us and we're doing what god asks us and we're being obedient and faithful we tend to feel better we go to ask God for things or spend time with him because we're not saying, I'm dirty with sin. It's like, God, I've been faithful to you. Give me another assignment. You know, God, I, I've done what you ask. Here, I'm giving it back to you. Is a sense of I have a clear conscience with God versus God said, do this. You didn't do it. And now you're coming to church and saying, God, uh, forgive me. I sinned. You're like that person in the parable that says, you know, it was given a talent. And master left and came back. He said, I buried it. Here's your talent. And the master said, you fool, you should have did some work to gain some interest to double it up. So now give me the little you have so I can give it to someone else. See, that person didn't have a clear conscience when they looked their master in the eye and said, wow, I let you down. I disappointed you. And see, for us not to swerve from the life of love, we must know that God's creating a clean heart in us and he's doing that work. That's where our faith lies. And then we begin to develop a lifestyle that reflects our love for God. And it reflects a lifestyle that's obedient to his word. And the more we do that, the less conviction that we have about feeling bad and that we're unworthy. And the more we begin to look like we're now looking more like Christ. Because in Genesis, he said, I created you in my image, in in my likeness, which means the way you live, look like me, the way you act think like me look like me and i just like to say if we begin to look more like god we'll feel much more sons and daughters of god just in a natural sense because if you're a child be honest i'm gonna point to you since you're mr big and bad and you do something wrong and your parents are disappointed in you you do care about that and you know what you don't yeah you may say a little but you do care And you may not want to go and say, Mom, can I get 20 bucks? If you know you haven't been doing so well. See, you will care about that. But if you clean your room and you take out the trash and you take care of the siblings and your neighbor that you're babysitting and you're doing well in school, when you go to ask your parents, you have a little bit more confidence that you can get what you asked for, correct? Yeah, I know I'm right. I'm talking right. I know. I'm glad you're agreeing with me. But the same is with God. See, we sometimes think God is this God that will judge us if we're not perfect. But if you are living holy and right and obedient before him, you can come before him saying, Dad, I love you. Dad, I bless you. Dad, you know, I'm here for you. And you don't have to worry about him trying to judge you and condemn you like the world do. Because so many people think God just is God that sits back as a judge and like Zeus is waiting to throw his lightning bolts at anybody that's missed. He's like, no, I'm a loving God. I'm a forgiving God. I'm patient. I am just, and I do bring correction when needed, but I'm also a father. And if we begin to have a lifestyle of love that reflects what he wants, we begin to become true children that see him as a father and can approach him as a father and live as children of the Most High God. So one, allow God to create in us a pure heart. Two, having a good conscience, which is the godly lifestyle that he wants. And three, it says a sincere faith. Not that fake faith. Not the ones that we say, okay, I believe in God, but we don't 
ever read our Bible or pray or, you know, evangelize or, you know, take care of the widow and the orphan or we don't ever do any of those things. No, real, true faith that stands on the word of God. Jesus gave us the parable. He said that the, the house that was built on the sand, the house that was built on the rock. The house that was built on the sand, waves came, storms came, the house crumbled because the foundation was weak. But that which was built on the rock was able to stand and endure and last. And that's what our faith must be like. Sincere faith that is true. Sincere faith that is secure. True faith. Sincere faith that is strong. Because we have placed it on the word of God. We place it on those things that cannot change and do not lie. See, I can say, okay, skip your, people say, you got a master's degree. Woohoo! Yeah, very nice. You know, you're a smart guy. You don't, yeah, 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 whatever. And I can say, I will put my faith in my works and my efforts. Try to get a job without God, it's not happening. Because my faith will not be sincere until I place it in who I serve. Now, when I say, okay, God, like you guys are doing with the Boys and Girls Club, I've done everything humanly possible on my side. Now, I'm not putting my faith in myself. I'm putting it in you. God, you open a door. God, you make the way. You pave the path. You show me where to go. See, that's real faith. It takes faith to believe in yourself, but real faith is believing in the unseen, which is that building, saying, God, we don't know. So we put our faith in you. You know, we don't know what may come in the next three days, but we put our faith on you and we praise you. If we get it, we praise you if we don't. See, I don't put my faith in myself. Yes, I got a master's degree. I say, God, I'm putting my faith in you for you to open a door for me to work in a school that you want me to work. I'm putting my faith in you to send me where you want me to go. See, real faith points to God, not our abilities. Real faith points to what God's plans are and not our own. See, I can say, we can go out, let's make this plan, and this is what we're going to do. And we put all our faith in our human abilities. We will fail ourselves in time. Never fails because we're not perfect. We're not humans. But if we can get to the place where we say, God, we will put our faith completely on your word. This is what your word says. This is what your character has said. This is what the testimony of your life has said over time. We will stay the course. We will no longer swerve. Because Paul went on to tell Timothy, and I, and I don't want to read all the scriptures, but he said two other times he talked about swerving and wandering. And he was saying that because this was happening so prevalent over and over and over again. People were swerving from pure hearts. People were swerving from sincere faith. People were swerving from good conscience and going every which way. And in the process, they were getting further and further and further away from a life of love. Which means they were getting further and further and further away from what God called them to do. And over time, as he says in chapter 1, verse 19, they shipwrecked their faith. Shipwreck meaning you've lost purpose, you lost ability, you lost your way. You're completely hopeless, lost and deserted. And God doesn't want that for any of us. So I say for Hope for Atlantic City and for New City Fellowship and for Santo and me and Jamie and Dave and all of us, that God wants us not to swerve away from things that happen in life. So we know, is this, can I move this? 
Swerve, swerve, swerve. Come here, son. Come here, son. Swerve, swerve, swerve. You're the only youth here, and I like to work with youth. Come on, Angel. We had a good time at the high rise, all right? Relax. Um, Swerving, swerving, swerving. God says there's three things. He said a pure heart. He said a good conscience and sincere faith. These are the things that I need you to hold on to. And most people are swerving away from it, losing their focus. So I want to say you be my example, okay? I'm living my life. This rep- we, I represent all of us living our life. This may happen today. This happen tomorrow. This may happen this week or six weeks or in a year. And God will say, I've put somebody in your path. Will you approach them with a pure heart? Or will you swerve around them? He said, I, I put someone in your path so that you can share the love of God and you can have a clear conscience or will you swerve around them? He said, I put someone there that you may not know how to, you know, impact their life and touch their life, but would you have the faith to reach out and touch them or will you swerve around them? I was at a play with my mom last night, and I think you guys are hosting it, the cross and the switchblade. Yeah. And, you know, we're watching it, and it's a true story about this pastor that left and then went to New York and reached out to the gangs. And so many times he had opportunity to swerve around a prostitute or swerve around a gang member, but he stayed the course, locked eyes, locked arms, and said, I'm going to be a vessel of love. And because of that, he transformed lives. Because of that, he planted churches and ministries. And I would like to encourage us that, even as the, the teams are coming this summer, that we would be ones that share God's love without swerving. And in the moments that we look at our life and we have Mr. Mark and we go on, that we would swerve right on back, that we would abruptly change from the places that we've gone to and come back to places that God's calling us to. Because true and holy religion is what? Taking care of widows and orphans in their need. Keeping oneself pure from the world. And that takes us swerving back into God's line. We may not, may always not be on target, but, and we may swerve, and I can say, I've swerved. I've missed the mark. I've messed up. But you know what? Thank God He gives me an opportunity to swerve right on back in line. And I'm making you stink. I want you to think about this because you're the youngest in the room. And as you grow up, well, He is. But as you grow up, opportunity will come for you to swerve. Opportunity will come up for you to depart. And I want you to hold fast to God's life of love for you. That you would have a sincere faith. That you would have good conscience. That you would have those things. Okay? Swerving is what I want you guys to remember. And I hope you, sister... I'm going to talk to the kids for a second. Is that all right? Absolutely. Can I ask you to take a pause from your phone for one second? Just put it down for one second. It's been attached to you since I walked in here. That's when I hold your hand. And uh, swerve means to miss the mark, to change your path. And I want you to know God loves you. And as long as you hold on to that, you can avoid the swerves that a lot of your friends will make. 
you can stay the course when you see a lot of people fall away. And I want you to know that God's plan. I do. Because I was a youth, and I had a lot of friends, even now, that swerved and missed and no longer live here. They died. It might be funny to you now, but I want you to know God wants you to stay the course. He wants you to stay the course. Temptations will come. Friends will come. Words will come. But he wants you to stay the course. Regardless of what it looks like or feels like, he wants you to stay the course. Because he loves you. And could you remember that from the day? That God loves you. And he wants you to show that love to others. Okay? Santa, I want to just bless God for you. Just moving how God's telling me to move right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> just because I was praying a lot for you this week and... My brother, so many times you could have swerved. You could have left. could have went a different path. But I thank you for the example that God put in your heart to stay. And I thank you that he's been blessing you because of that, opening doors because of that. And, you know, I don't know all the weights you carry. We don't talk all the time. But in the spirit, God has given me a burden to pray for you. And I do. So I want to encourage you that the road ahead, the years that are coming, that you don't swerve, my brother, from the path that God has for you. That you don't swerve from the mission that he's given New City, hope for Atlantic City. Because we know people don't understand it or they don't get behind it like they should. But that doesn't deter us from the work that God has called us. He just wants us to be obedient. I pray that you continue on. So that those that follow after you and those that you're leading will be doing the same. Have the like mind and like heart to not sway or swerve from the doctrine of God. But to remain steadfast to the truth that set us free. Mm. And in so we will set others free and show them the light. And let God's love heal them. And we'd be the vessels that just conduits that send God's love out. Not claiming glory for ourselves, But that we see hope in our city. That we will see love in our city. That we will see restoration Mm -hmm. in our city. Mm. I thank you. My brother, I thank you. Dave? <laughs> slide up, slide up, slide up. <laughs> you gotta get up? Yeah, I'm <laughs> just want to thank you, man. Yes, sir. I thank you for your heart. I thank you for being the man behind the action. Even when you don't need to be in the front, that your heart still says, I'm going forward. I'm going forward going for it, going to do the work. and I thank you for that, my brother. I really do. And I encourage you that as you raise your girls and you be a father, 
you be a husband, as you be the example that you not sway from the man that God has been forming you to be. And I thank you that this man will be the example, that this man will be the point person, that this man will be the one that people look up to and see. Because there are people assigned to you that you don't know yet, that you have not met yet, but the man that you are is the man that they need to see and to meet. And I pray that you never sway from that. Never one day in your life that you never sway, but that you will remain constant, that you remain secure, that you remain strong, steadfast, unmovable, unshakable. God, I thank you for Dave and his heart. I thank you for making him who he is. I thank you for his work in his hands. Thank you for blessing him, for opening up the doors, for providing for him and his family. God, I thank you. I thank you. Let's pray. Can we just bow our heads and pray? God, I just want to pray for New City. God, I just want to say I thank you for this this church, this this light, this beacon, this family. I thank you for their obedience. I thank you for their faith. I thank you for their hearts of service and love and compassion. And God, I pray that as they grow, as they move, or as they expand, or as they stay the same, whatever your plan is, I pray that they will not swerve or change from the identity that you have birthed in this place. Let them stay connected to you all the days that you're calling their names. I pray that they will stay in your image and in your likeness, growing closer to you growing stronger in their faith, but that they would not try to conform to the ways of this world. They would not conform to the ways of modern Christianity. It says they have to do things a certain way, that they would not conform to any denomination, but they would be free to stay online where you have called and purposed for this house. God, I thank you for the ability to swerve back in line when they miss the mark. I thank you for your Holy Spirit that draws us back to you. And I pray that we will continue to walk with purpose in every step. And as we move closer and closer to you, that others would see it. And we'd be able to be an example and a voice so that they too can swerve back in line and find salvation and hope and love and joy and peace. And their purpose and plan that you have always had for them. God, I thank you. Even for the young people that they minister and mentor and raise up and built relationships with. God, I pray that the seeds that they plant will continue to get watered. And would grow up into be strong trees that bear much fruit. God, let this house know that what they do is not in vain. Even though they may not see all the works of their hand. Let them know that their fruit and their labor is not in vain. That you are bringing 30, 60, and 100 fold in your season. And that you are preparing a place for the things that they have done. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. This Sunday sermon was preached by Daryl Ramsey, Youth Director at Dunamas Ministries. New City's Sunday sermon is recorded live on location at New City Fellowship of Atlantic City. If you're in the Atlantic City area, stop by. Our address is 215 North Sovereign Avenue, Atlantic City, New Jersey. Visit us online at newcityac.org. That's www.newcityac.org.
O God is written and performed by the Reverend Dr. Santo Garofolo. Join us next week for a brand new New Cities Sunday Sermon.